0: Today we follow Ty Adams into his infinite quest to prove that one psychosis can be cured without medication but instead persuasion until he meets his match when he finally meets Satan himself. This story is crazy as hell. This is the trigger warning for today's episode. Today we'll be dealing with a few instances and themes of suicide. So if that is something that is triggering for you, please know that the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255. Again, that's 800-273-8255. And as our listeners, please know that you are not alone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another riveting edition of Under the Floorboards, where we laugh with the creatures that go bump in the night. I am your host, John, and I am joined by my magnificent co-host, Eric. Eric, how are you this week? Fabulous. Keeping it fucking clean on this show,
1: Fabuloso. We're still looking. at
0: I know. I'm looking at you, Fabuloso. Checking that email on the daily,
1: <laughs> hourly. Please <Yeah>. message us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> please, please, God, I just want to be able to clean my house. Yes.
1: Everything smells.
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't send me the lavender shit there i want that green apple, <laughs> green apple Jesus, <laughs> so this week we watched crazy as hell which is one of my favorite films uh, circa 2002 mm-hmm. we just hit 20 years on this movie a little lesser known film but if you have a chance to watch it it's actually free on amazon prime oh, yeah. with ads with which ads. is pretty cool yeah yeah, yeah. um so eric What's our itinerary for this movie?
1: This one, clocking in at one hour and 54 minutes, which is north of what I would consider traditional.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I know. It's The Conjuring all over again. It's The
1: Conjuring. It always (laughs) has been. It
0: always has been. This
1: film is directed by Eric LaSalle. Based on the book, we found out Satan and his psychotherapy and cure by the unfortunate Dr. Kassler, which was written in 1982 by Jeremy Levin. Our top billing cast, we have Michael Beach playing Ty Adams. Ronnie Cox is Dr. Delazzo. Sinbad, what's up? <laughs> playing you could Jefferson. You feel the chain
0: around his neck. He's listed as orderly. We're going to call him what he
1: wants to be called. Right Eye.
0: <laughs> man, all you had to do was call me by my name. Mm-hmm. Right Eye.
1: Jane Carr is Nurse Danza. Tia Tixada as Lupa. Eric LaSalle himself playing the man. Always fun when the director hops on board.
0: Satan <laughs> in front of and behind the camera.
1: Tracy Pettit as Cheryl.
0: I think it's Cheryl.
1: Cheryl. <laughs> Maybe.
0: Um, no. So, uh, Eric, I know this was your first time watching this movie. Mm-hmm. What, what were your first impressions? This is a cool
1: concept. I like the idea of dealing with the the fragility of sanity.
0: Yeah, especially you know, when it kind of falls on like the main uh-huh. character,
1: especially sort of in a uh, the framework of like I. I'm going to go as far as to call it like a low budget kind of film, oh, and that most kind definitely. of thing, where we don't like the special effects and things that of that nature are very limited, mm-hmm. where we can really like psychologically examine his character through very strong writing and things like that, you know, so I thought it was a lot of fun. I I like it as a concept and everything, so it it just, you know, felt like maybe it was a little bit
0: longer than it needed to be at points,
1: but... Most definitely. Aside from
0: that, yeah. It's The Conjuring again all over again, but (laughs) uh, no, I I do thoroughly enjoy this movie. I think conceptually it's great, and Mm -hmm. I think it plays a lot with, again, like you were saying, the fragility of uh, one's sanity, but what's really cool about what they play on is we see some of the instances throughout the movie of, like, is this guy really Satan? And for a handful of uh, instances, you can kind of see that it's like, oh, he was there. That's how he got this mm-hmm. information. But then in the back of your head, you start thinking to yourself, why is he always there though? Why right. is he always lurking where he needs to be? How right. does he know this? So I thought that was really cool uh-huh. just for the audience. You're, I thought it was you're, really-
1: you're meant to not have all the information. I, mm-hmm. In a weird way, I think you're supposed to be questioning, like not yourself psychologically, obviously, but you're supposed to be sort of, you know, yeah, ill attached to what's going on in reality in the film as well. So
0: you're supposed to have as much conceptualized as our main character does Correct. as uh Dr. Ty Adams does. Precisely. So yeah, let's get into the synopsis. Um so we kind of start off with uh Dr. Ty Adams, who's played by Michael Beach. Sitting in this chair, and he's, I assume, in his room, Mm -hmm. in his apartment, which we can only assume is in California, Mm -hmm. because of the sun and the palm trees. Maybe it's Florida, Mm -hmm. but they don't do horror movies down there. Um, (laughs)
1: Florida is a
0: horror movie. (laughs) There's gators, Mm -hmm. snakes, bears, hogs. (laughs) There's old people. (laughs) Actually, it's starting to sound like X movie. (laughs) Uh, So... Uh, he's sitting in this chair he's sweating bullets and he sees at the corner of his bed this blood that's kind of leaching mm-hmm. out and kind of pooling into the tile which mm-hmm. I think it's weird to have a tile bedroom mm-hmm. to begin with maybe that's a California maybe it thing. is Florida
1: now that I think about
0: that <laughs> <there>. yeah so <laughs> then he kind of like goes up to examine the blood and he just kind of snaps out of it right mm-hmm. and he's like back back in the to chair. reality yeah. back. <laughs> snap back to reality and now we're like, uh, trying to figure out, okay, it was all a dream. I used to read up straight up magazine. Yeah. <laughs> and he, we're not done yet. There's going to be so many. <laughs> there's going to
1: be so many.
0: <laughs> and then he starts having like these flashes of this little girl, which I, we're supposed to assume is his daughter, mm-hmm. right? And obviously, if you're having flashes like that, it's not necessarily inherently some sort of psychosis, but it is definitely um, an attribution of trauma. Sure. Right.
1: Some kind of post traumatic something.
0: yeah Yeah, Yeah. exactly so he kind of packs himself up and the next scene it kind of cuts to us being in front of god what was the name set a state hospital Mm -hmm. which is like what i kept calling the nut house if you're offended by that i'm gonna try not to call it that (laughs) i get it we all need help at some point in our lives Mm -hmm. we don't judge here but they kind of portrayed it as such true So anyways, uh, he pulls up in the front and he rolls over a beer bottle in his fucking suburban Mm. and his tire goes flat and he's just like, what? And I'm like, what the fuck? Like who was drinking out front of this? And
1: and what's even funnier is like, as we progress, we'll find out that that has absolutely nothing to do with anything. No. Like whatsoever. (laughs) It was a completely thrown away point of dialogue. And you know,
0: it wasn't even an omen to
1: anything.
0: (laughs) It was like, he was going to be staying here for the next 30 days. It didn't fucking matter.
1: Right. And he uh, is on the keypad. I guess it's like the the microphone system communicating with people indoors. Hey, I need to get through the gate. I've got a flat tire. I'm here to see Doctor Delazzo. You know,
0: I'm also going to be staying here right. for the next yeah. thirty days. So, yeah. will someone tow my car? Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, no problem. So they sit. He finally. We cut to. Uh, he gets introduced into the hospital, mm-hmm. and he goes and he sits down with uh, Doctor Sam Delazzo, mm-hmm. who is the. Uh, as proprietor mm-hmm. and owner of this ward, mm-hmm. which he makes very clear, he's very much a Dr. Kelso. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we're, well, the hospital's got to make money, right?
1: Right. 100%. <laughs> yeah, he refers to it as a business
0: on more than one occasion. Exactly. But we kind of pick up with like uh, Dr. Ty Adams and Dela Delazzo, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're having this meeting. We kind of come to find out that. Essentially, Dr. Adams is trying to exploit this ward and mm-hmm. do this documentary about how you don't have to medicate people because the power of persuasion, if you're a good enough psychiatrist... You can talk people out of their shit. Yeah, you can talk someone out of schizophrenia. Right. This man literally thinks that he is God mm-hmm. in, in the ways of persuasion. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because like, I feel like the duality between him and Dr. Delazzo really shapes up most Mm -hmm. of the time because even in just this scene he's like that's so crazy because you had two patients kill themselves in a month I'm pretty (laughs) sure that's a record
1: (laughs) well there was nothing I could do for them (laughs) they were
0: suicidal You're right, no crazy person has or sorry, mentally ill person right. has ever been suicidal. <laughs> uh, and
1: and no like it's just a mess. I was gonna remark on the fact that there was a beautiful chessboard. <laughs> <laughs> one of the sets, the white pieces were made out of jade. Apparently they were handmade and everything. So I was kind of gawking over this chessboard. And they had that moment of like everybody that plays chess and like sees yeah. a chessboard do you want to be one of them. You want to go? Do you want
0: some fuck? And so he moves
1: a knight, and then he counters with like a normal pawn, and then another knight comes out, which is fucking weird. And that didn't translate to anything to me as a chess player. That that would like, I there was nothing I could surmise from that that would indicate that he is good at chess. (laughs) So, but the doctor Delazzo was like, "Oh,
0: this is going to be fun." It was just an
1: obscure, fucking weird. Probably because
0: he thought he was going to beat the brakes off. A
1: hundred percent. That could be true. Maybe I was looking too deep into it. Again, well, I was just—I was mostly just
0: offended. Well, well I mean, actually, it's funny you say that because uh, if you couldn't surmise anything from his playing and his strategy, uh-huh. maybe that was our first indication that he's not very good at this. Right, and he just—and <laughs> he just wants to be. Uh-huh. He thinks he can mentally control these people, uh-huh. when ultimately he can't.
1: It's really hard to outthink logic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so then he kind of gets shown to his room mm-hmm. and you know because he's gonna be living there for, actually real quick more yeah. importantly is they're discussing how long this is going to happen the uh-huh. doc, the documentarian crew is going to be there the next day uh he can chill do whatever he needs tonight they show him to his room which is like this lavish suite in mm-hmm. the middle of this ward you know they're discussing how it's going to work and he's mm-hmm. like you have access to the 10 patients that have signed off that you can be their doctor for 30 days And our first thought was, that's not how that works. Like, you you can't just say that these people signed up for Mm a documentary when they're mentally ill.
1: It's hard for me to believe, and I may be wrong. I may be talking out of my (laughs) ass here. But it's hard for me to believe that people that have needs for treatment that necessitate being in a psych ward would have the ability to consent to something like that.
0: Yeah, because you're a danger to yourself and others. We're
1: going to turn this power over to this man who has no idea who you are. All the power to take you on and off medication to try new tactics and things of that nature. It just felt weird to me. I don't know.
0: (laughs) There's a couple instances of that in this movie Uh where it's just like,
1: the Hippocratic Oath means
0: nothing. Oh, they threw in this that movie. shit out the window. And it's so funny that like he actually tells him when they're done with this meeting, like, hey, before you start uh documenting tomorrow, you mm. might want to reread your Hippocratic Oath. Make 100%. sure we don't have more people killing themselves. Mm-hmm. Ah, mark that. <laughs> While they're discussing how long he's gonna be there and he's like Oh no, I don't mind being on camera aside from the uh, occasional pleasuring myself in the shower in my morning dump. (laughs) Which is funny. Charming, sir. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This is what you
1: say in a job interview, 100%.
0: (laughs) So he goes up to his room and he does like the. There's a piano in there Mm -hmm. and he does what every asshole does and just fucking runs his hand down it and just like.
1: It's it's frustrating to me again.
0: That's why I keep the lid on my piano so people can't do that. (laughs) Please
1: just don't do that. Yeah, like (laughs) just don't. It's not yours.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can you play? No, don't touch it.
1: (laughs) Do you play piano? Okay, play every note.
0: Yeah. So we have him sitting in his room, and we get the first like flash of his family, Mm -hmm. right? And we have some context for his daughter, mm-hmm. like thir- from like, the
1: beginning of the movie, yeah. But like moving on,
0: yeah, and understanding where that's the trauma. Yeah. And he walks into like this side room that's almost like a small library in there, mm-hmm. and it's uh, his daughter and uh, Vera or mm-hmm. Vita, sorry, Vita, yeah. Vita that yeah. was his wife, and they're sitting there having a tea party, mm-hmm. and he she the daughter's just like oh, well, in case daddy does come, I'm going to pour him a cup of tea anyways. Mm-hmm. And Vera's like, or Vita, Vita. G- Jesus Christ. <laughs> Vita was like, oh, well, you know he's not going to show up. And then she just, like, turns and locks eyes with him in this, um, what's, the, what's the best the best say? A yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, some um, kind
1: of, you know, yeah.
0: His own psychosis. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then we kind of just flashed to now we're meeting the patients
1: because mm-hmm, the nurse comes back that walked into his room. She, are you ready to go meet them now? She's so all not right? Great. Yeah, you know this <laughs> kind of Mrs. Potts vibe. You know what I she mean? She was yeah. definitely
0: in Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> not as anybody beg, but she was definitely in Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, now we go to meet the patients with uh, Delazzo, the mm-hmm. nurse, and Doctor uh, or Doctor Adams, mm-hmm. and it's like this weird thing where he's just like pushing through the crowd. Like they're not actually stopping and mm-hmm. working on anything yet. Cause we haven't actually gotten to the ward right. that he has control over. We're, in, 10 the, we're in
1: the common room. I think the technical mm-hmm. term is a commissary. Um, well, I think
0: that, or y- yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And so everybody's sort of just hanging and the way that it was, the way that it was acted was a little Hyperbolic for me, it was a little over the top and a little. I mean, like I'm not going to say like for a place that
0: had cattle prods, right? But it's one of
1: those things where it felt more freak show circus than it did psych ward. Oh, most definitely. I I know
0: what you mean. (laughs) So it was.
1: It was a little off-putting. And again, I think that that's part of the nature of this film is everything is slightly exaggerated all the time. Right. right? So
0: There was one part of that scene that I really did, or like before we get to the secondary aspect mm-hmm. of the scene that I really enjoyed when they're kind of introducing the room is it's also the same room where you get your medication, which yeah. is just fucking chaos, which does not make sense. It was so chaotic. That there was a person that got their medication in the little like paper cups mm-hmm. and like turned around and someone just like scooped their meds out of their hand and fucking took it. Mm-hmm. I was like, where are the guards? Mm-hmm. What, like, What the fuck 100%. is going on here?
1: Yeah.
0: And it was just like, I, I guess that's why no one's recovering in this hospital is everyone's just taking each other's drugs. Hey, dude, I'll trade you that aspirin for some Like <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
1: so sweet. <laughs> oh,
0: nice. No headaches this week. Oh, right.
1: double prizes.
0: <laughs> so then we kind of like meet our first uh, mentally ill patient. Mm-hmm. And she walks up to Dr. Adams and just like slides back his thumb into her mouth and Mm -hmm. just sucks on it Mm -hmm. for a minute. It's so, it was like, it was so uncomfortable. It was so fucking uncomfortable. And the
1: room kind of chills and everybody's like, all right, let's see what happens now. Challenge. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have Dr.
0: Lazo standing behind him like, ha, you dumb bitch. You think you can save people? And then like, uh, (laughs) Dr. Adams just does like this weird gaslighting thing, Uh right? Where he just kind of looks at her and he holds up both of his hands and goes, this time, could you do it with like, both of my thumbs uh-huh. at the same time and you can see that she's a little like taken back yeah now because uh-huh. like all the patients were just like ha, ha, la, 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 like you, right. you sucked his thumb and right. now it's like now that he's trying I've never to-
1: seen her suck two thumbs at once <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs>
0: holy shit two at once <laughs> in this economy <laughs> So he kind of like, go, he goes to give her both of his thumbs and she just goes. Eh. She kind
1: of like re- <laughs> leans forward and recoils and then recoils a little bit more.
0: And then he just goes, yeah, see, now that, now that you're embarrassed, you don't want to do it anymore, right. do you? And it was like such mm-hmm. a dick move. And mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself, no wonder you had two patients kill themselves. I like, now that you know the-
1: what it's like to feel uncomfortable in front of people, <laughs> how about you apologize to me right now? I'm sorry. Yeah, say it just a little bit louder. I'm sorry. <laughs> I accept your apology, and he just kind of pats her on the shoulder. He's such just,
0: a piece of shit. Just kind of
1: keeps moving through the room again. This is our this is our protagonist. Everybody, welcome to it.
0: <laughs> so now we kind of uh, move into like this weird sub... It's not even like a sub-basement. It's just like a room that just doesn't have any lighter windows in mm-hmm. it. And that's where the production crew that we've now met that is led by... Wayne. Uh, <laughs> Wayne, who is played of by... It's Wayne. Well, the thing is too, uh, so it's John C. McKinley, which mm-hmm. is Dr. Cox. So I was su- from Scrub, so I'm mm-hmm. super hype over his character yeah. even being a part of this. And he doesn't play the same douchebag, but he definitely still plays a douchebag. Mm-hmm. Which loved it market it. yeah mark, mark, mark that <laughs> um but he is the director and producer mm-hmm. of this uh
1: The documentary, documentary, and he's stoked on it, right? He's like, "I just want to tell you what an opportunity this is for me because we're really interested in exploring the way that your psychology works." Like, we we see a star in you, Ty Adams, and Adams kind of likes it. Doctor Adams is kind of like feeling that attention because somebody knows
0: how great I am.
1: Yeah, (laughs) he is completely ego fueled. If you haven't picked up on that by now, and so having somebody validate that even.
0: So much to the you point know. that he was quoting his thesis right. for something that he had done two years ago. And, like, you see the the smile mm-hmm. go up on Dr. Adam's face, that million-dollar mm-hmm. fucking smile. Yeah. And it was like, you know, we kind of see the process of how this is going to work. And we're seeing, like, you know, all the tiny cameras, which mm-hmm. we didn't actually use. It was all big cameras right. the whole time. <laughs> so now we're actually going to venture into the war.
1: Right. Right, Where Dr. Adams will be presiding over. and Yes.
0: Yeah, we're going to meet our our ten people and then as we're going into the ward there's an emergency uh, environmental services was calling. To fix the AC. For for Dr. Lazo, I was like yeah, I guess we're just Mm -hmm. dumping coolant Mm -hmm. on the ground. (laughs) Right. Right. There's antifreeze everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) So he's like, no, you got this. I'll I'll be back Mm. in a minute. And uh, he meets our first Care or our first patient, Cheryl.
1: Uh huh. And Cheryl is standing beside a window, clutching um, something. I can't remember what it was. I guess it's of no consequence at this point. But essentially, there's that moment where it sinks in that he has been given no context about who this person is. Because he didn't read the fucking chart. (laughs) The the ones that are sitting in the door that you have to open to get in. He ignored those. (laughs) So he walks in and immediately touches the turtle. The little stuffed turtle Mm -hmm. that belongs to Cheryl that's on the ground. Again, I'm not an expert. Part of me wants to believe that you don't want to disrupt somebody's private environment if you've never met them before, let alone if they're a patient being
0: treated for something. Yeah, someone that's already trying to grip to reality
1: Mm -hmm. and like actually... It's the piano all over again. I'm just going to go in and touch this. Stop touching shit. 100%.
0: (laughs) And then we have like this, you know, he goes to pick up the turtle Mm -hmm. and she just has this fucking meltdown. She Mm -hmm. starts attacking him. And then the 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 ward supervisors come in. They start trying to, like, pin her down. And she, he's like, what the fuck are you people doing? Like, right. get the fuck off This
1: her. is part of the process. She's holding a trophy, like a soccer trophy. That is later. With a blunt. It's right there. Is it? <laughs> it oh, is, my God. It's right there. She, dude. Oh, my she God. Grabs, she grabs a blunt object that has enough force to cave somebody's skull in it. Yeah. And it was swung by Those are like porcelain blood, You know what I mean? And so... There's this moment where it's clear to me that like just throw all the rules out the window. I've had I've already had too many moments where I'm like, I'm not sure if that's okay. Where at this mm-hmm. we're like fifteen minutes in the movie or so yeah. at this point, and it's just like, okay, goddammit, fine. Whatever. <laughs> Go for it.
0: Cause she Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. She would have had something like that in her room when she is in the part of the ward yes. where they put people that attack mm-hmm. people. Right. So he you know, he gets the turtle back and she's like up against the wall now, like borderline screaming, and he's like has this uh, another instance of I'm about to prove to everybody how fucking awesome I am (laughs) with the power of persuasion.
1: (laughs) Also known as gaslighting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So he turns around and goes, everybody see how awesome this turtle is? Nobody touches this turtle but Cheryl, as he has it in in his hand. (laughs)
1: He's like tossing it up and down. He drops it, picks it back up again. Respect the fuck. Respect the turtle. <laughs> you
0: know? Respect this fucking turtle. This turtle is awesome. And he puts it down on the bed and she finally like comes up and like snatches it and goes back. Yeah, Because She's like, like, dude, please leave. Yeah. Like. <laughs> just put my turtle down yeah. and fucking leave. You yeah. didn't even have to tell everybody. You could have just put the turtle yeah. down and fucking left.
1: It was a disaster.
0: They spent so much there was so much time on this turtle throughout yeah. this movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who played the turtle?
0: <laughs> so then we cut to uh, Sinbad is kind of like setting up the office, <laughs> and he just keeps getting blown off by Doctor right. Adams. It's so... Hey, man, I got a weird. question
1: for you. Not now. Not now. Not
0: now, Sinbad. <laughs> He's like, all right.
1: No, that's cool. I'll talk to you later, man. No worries. He's so nice. You had your time
0: yeah. in the 80s, Sinbad. Right. Now is my time.
1: <laughs> I mentioned getting out-acted by Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Sorry, Sinbad, if you're listening. But...
0: but there's a reason Kazan was not a real movie.
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh. And so... um Doctor Delazzo kind of comes in, and at first I thought he was carrying a tray of food. <gasps> it's a chessboard. I'm <laughs> excited again. He's like, "Yeah, I actually had a couple of these made. They're handmade, and everything." So I'm all excited. I'm Handcrafted
0: like, jade. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and they sit down and they have the little conversation about Cheryl. You know, that was yeah, kind of yeah. weird back there, wasn't it? Yeah. You know? and
0: like, and he's talking about like Doctor Adams is still so convinced that he can get through to her. Mm-hmm. And I get that from his perspective because it's literally his first interaction, mm-hmm. you know, and they start talking about like her past before she came in here. Mm-hmm. Like she was chained up to a radiator for like three days. So long that she started eating wood chips off the bed that was next to her. Mm-hmm. And like this girl has been through the fucking rear. Mm-hmm. He is so convinced that you can get through that without medication, mm-hmm. which maybe is true. And I think that's why he was kind of banking on her harder than everybody else for right. the, for their level of psychosis, uh-huh. right? Yeah. It's like, at that point, he's just trying to undo their trauma. Yeah. And maybe that'll work. But mm-hmm. at the same time, the biggest thing for me was when they were talking about just completely taking her off of her medication. Mm-hmm. And as someone who has been on medication before, those withdrawals are fucking insane. Mm-hmm. And that would happen over a span of 30 days, not... Tomorrow, we're not just gonna cut Mm -hmm. her from her medication that she clearly fucking needs.
1: It's not a 24 hours and your blood's clean. You know, yeah, Yeah, it's not, yeah.
0: But of course, Dr. Lazo is like, you have this many days to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. cool. And again, I think that this is
1: what the chess metaphor is, right? I mean, sure. I'm not going to harp on this anymore, but I, it was interesting. You are, to, and that's okay. Well, it was interesting. I'll make one more point at the very end. But like, it was interesting to me that when he brought the board in the room, he didn't reset the board, despite the fact that each of them had made like one or two moves each, which right. just feels funny. So it feels like he's intentionally trying to continue this. Delazo Delazzo is. And I think that that's meant to be a metaphor. If not, I just read too deeply into that, but that's fine.
0: Yeah. So then uh, after they kind of describe or discuss how they're going to work on Cheryl, Mm -hmm. right? Now we have our, uh, the doc cuts out for a minute. He's like, I got to take this call. Mm -hmm. We have another instance of uh, Dr. Adams has these kind of flashes of his wife and Mm -hmm. he has these flashes of his daughter. We're going to go ahead and say Brianna now. Mm No, we can, yeah, that way we fine. can refer to it yeah. a little bit easier throughout yeah. the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, his daughter, Brianna, you know, kind of running and playing and like, they're very sweet flashes that mm-hmm. you kind of Happy get. Happy
1: memories. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And then we actually have Dr. Lazo comes back in and says, oh, I've got a classic case for you, mm-hmm. fam. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't you want to come in? No, oh, no, no. You're fine. You got this.
0: Go on in. So, so he drops him off at the room and we meet the man. The man. Uh, who I will probably still refer to as Satan mm-hmm. or Satan later. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was just so smooth with it. <laughs> it
1: sounds corny, cool but he really pulled it out. <laughs> no, but it like, he literally just turns around Hello, Dr. Adams. I'm Satan.
0: And honestly, his deli- like, I want to go ahead and say mm-hmm. now, uh, the delivery from, uh, Ty Adams and, uh, Eric Desell, Eric Desell, were absolutely incredible in this movie. Like their their portrayals of their characters, mm-hmm. like
1: were effective.
0: they were yeah. effective, and like I felt that mm-hmm. Satan vibe mm-hmm. from Desell, yeah, so much. And I was so impressed by it, yeah. Um. So, anyways, we we start off with him being the smooth talking, silver tongued devil. Well dressed. He's got you know, a cane yeah. with uh-huh. a snake on it, uh-huh. he, like. And his wardrobe throughout this movie is pretty much Freddie Mercury's closet. <laughs> <laughs> I was so impressed with how many frills. It was and outrageous. <laughs> I mean, he goes everything from like colonial to like Gandhi's tunic. Like mm-hmm. it was, yeah. it was this very flowing uh, idea that he had. He was very uh, fluid if yeah. you will, mm-hmm. uh, which it, you know,
1: they're even reading like his like info off the table and everything, you know, the little he's like card. you
0: marked male and female. Yeah, he's right, saying, he's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I
1: know. What's your social security number? 666. Six, six, six. six. <laughs> Is this a joke? Yes. I don't have a social security number.
0: <laughs> um, so we start off with them talking about I feel like every time I see Satan portrayed in a uh, human form, mm-hmm. it's always the same style of dialogue that he portrayed really well, where mm-hmm. it's always, I'm misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you guys coming to me for all of your problems that you're causing? And my, one of my favorite parts of that scene is he's like, Oh, can I, can I lay on your couch? I've always wanted to do that. So, I've always wanted to lay on the couch. So, so he yeah. lays out on the therapy mm-hmm. couch. And uh, Dr. Adams is like, well, how does that make you feel? Mm -hmm. And he goes, angry, Mm -hmm. apocalyptic, almost.
1: (laughs) 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 Why do you think you're here, Satan? I just
0: walked in and signed up.
1: Yeah, but why are you here? Because I'm Satan. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: And he goes, well, what do you want? Mm -hmm. I want a soul. Mm -hmm. I want yours. (laughs) I like
1: yours.
0: (laughs) I like yours. And
1: it's one of those funny moments where, like, who we perceive as our antagonist kind of lays it out. We don't need subtext to understand the motive here. He straight up says he wants to prove that humans are hopeless by making Dr. Adams accept that within himself. Mm-hmm. Like your work sucks. You suck at this. You're completely hopeless. I want to yeah. prove that I can break you down. You yeah. know what I mean?
0: I'm here to prove a point. So there's <laughs> there's
1: this like power struggle thing that there's like micro manipulations in the dialogue and that kind of thing. And then there's other instances in the same conversation where it's just very bluntly put, you know? And I just, I appreciated that because that felt chaotic evil. Yeah. You know what no, I mean? And I was so, so
0: here for it. And like, yeah. again, uh, DeSalle emulated that so well. It was smooth. It was slick. It's It felt like that was the type of archetype that he needed to play so that yeah. we as the audience mm-hmm. could actually
1: constantly in control one step ahead all that good stuff yeah
0: exactly so now uh you know we kind of go back to our respective rooms Mm -hmm. and uh the next day we uh have our first therapy session Mm
1: -hmm. right group therapy
0: and it's uh you know him trying to i guess be god again Mm -hmm. and manipulate an entire group of 10 fucking people with
1: 10 completely unrelated and unique things going yeah. on in their heads you know what exactly. i mean so i again i'm not an expert that just feels <laughs> irresponsible to me that feels like a massive waste of time i could be wrong
0: and who but, knows some of them yeah. are on their meds some uh-huh. of them are fucking not right. i don't know what's fucking right. going on with these 100%. people uh, so we have Satan sitting next to uh, Dr. Adams, mm-hmm. uh, all of it, too. And it's so funny to watch him kind of play off of him just in mm-hmm. his body language mm-hmm. and the way he looks at people. Like, yeah, exactly. like
1: Because, again, he's trying to get Adams to trust him a little bit. Right? Yeah. He's trying to seem normal, comparatively speaking. Right? Exactly. Yeah.
0: So uh, we have our first instance with uh, I refer to him as Polaroid Man. There is a guy who, uh, you know, just takes fucking pictures Mm -hmm. all the fucking time Mm -hmm. and he's running around and acting crazy and such. And, uh, It's really just like a subtle introduction of everybody Mm because we don't really get into any of the therapy of any of it. Do you believe in Teletubbies? (laughs) Specifically the purple one? (laughs) The guy starts having an existential crisis that actually kind of made a lot of sense about Mm -hmm. us being all in a microcosm of Mm -hmm. something grandier, which is actually referring to God, which I thought was really fucking cool until he started talking about Teletubbies. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. now I understand. It's
1: obvious where the source material was and where the... Other materials,
0: <laughs> you know, PBS. Right. <laughs> it was all
1: of PBS. Yeah, son, baby.
0: And then, like, honestly, this was just one of those scenes that was so quick that I just didn't feel like it really added a lot mm-hmm. to the movie, other than we're having a group therapy session.
1: Mm-hmm. And now we're we get another hard cut, and Doctor Adams is just sort of walking down, you know, a breezeway somewhere mm-hmm. in the facility, and the film crew's kind of talking to him, and you know, I guess it's like a pseudo interview or whatever, sure. just getting some beer with their giant ass
0: camera, not like yeah. one of the porta yeah. cameras,
1: yeah. And they sort of, kind of get in a little bit of a pissing contest. The director of the documentary, and yeah. Doctor Adams, and it comes down to, dude, you don't have a chance. And you see his ego get burned. <laughs> he says he kind of stares at him and the director says, I, I, I don't believe you can cure any of these people is like, "Well, challenge challenge, you know, basically it's the same you yeah. know, that's stupid because you'll just pick the easiest case. Then you pick one yeah. and the director picks Cheryl. So mm-hmm. now we have another, you know, this is what the mission is now.
0: And we have this really cool instance of uh, what, what we were kind of talking about at the beginning of the cast is like, as they're in this breezeway, the breezeway is on a secondary level mm-hmm. that encompasses like this interior garden and on the bottom level in the garden that mm-hmm. is standing underneath of them is Satan practicing <laughs> his golf swing with first his cane. <laughs> <small>. <laughs> <laughs> Just standing mm-hmm. under him.
1: Always present.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. e- ever present. And that again, that's one of those, that's one of the first times we get that illusion mm-hmm. of he is there to get this information to use it against them later, mm-hmm. but he was still ever present. So yeah. how did he know to be there?
1: Right. I think people believe that God is with them all the time and seem to ignore the fact that Satan is too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now we actually kind of, uh, there was the interview mm-hmm. with, uh, Dr. Adams, right. Where he's like sitting there and eating pasta.
1: Yeah. And I'm double checking. Yeah. So there's just one more thing. One more thing okay. before that. Um Cheryl as it's like it's he goes back to Cheryl to see what's going on. and she's in the middle of her daily routine as nurse, um whatever. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the girl
0: from Doctor Who. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um
1: as as Miss Carr. <laughs> <laughs> is breaking down like Cheryl does this every single day, you know, just does her thing. So she's brushing Mr. Brennan's hair. Mr. Brennan is one of the patients in oh, the right. ward and everything. And the the guy you're talking about, the Polaroid man or yeah. whatever. So he reveals like they they kind of have an interview first, right? Yeah. And so there's that moment where you know he uh, Dr. Adams believes that he's beginning oh, to make progress right. with all of his people and everything and Polaroid man reveals that the reason that he takes photos is because his mother gave it to him when he was 12 and he's just obsessed with this. But his father was a drunk. His father would beat his mother and him regularly. This particular binge lasted for three days. And he just kind of stutters over his words. And Adams, again, just before he, he stops letting his patient talk, which is <laughs> you know, which is already a thing. He said, no, it's okay. It's okay. We're going to make it better. You yeah. Know what I mean? And then he starts projecting on him. You know why I think she gave you the camera? Mm-hmm. Because she wanted you to be able to control your, ownality, your own reality. <laughs> Don't you think that? And then we have another sharp cut and he's like talking to Dr. That's- Salvo. Yeah. He's like, well, I think I made a breakthrough. And he's like, you didn't make a fucking breakthrough. The reason that she bought that camera for that kid is when he was 12, she was cheating on her husband with another doctor and she wanted him to take pictures. of. It. And it's like dumb
0: bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and again, he's not very good at he's chess. He's not good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we have this interview now with, um, with Dr. Adams mm-hmm. and, uh, He's, like, sitting there eating pasta, which feels very heavy mm-hmm. <laughs> before you're having a fucking interview. And he starts uh, seeing more flashes of Brianna, mm-hmm. right? And now the whole crew is kind of like, are you okay, yeah. man? And we need to take a break. He's What's He's like, gone? You know, yeah. like, I need to just take 20. We'll be ready to go. Everything will be just fine. Mm -hmm. And then uh, as Dr. Cox is leaving the the room, he's like, do we need to get you to a hospital? Do Mm -hmm. we need to take you to Sacred Heart? (laughs) (laughs) He goes, no, I'm fine. Just Mm -hmm. give me 20 minutes. He's like, fair enough. Mm -hmm. Walks out the door. And then he keeps having these flashes and the camera that gets put down was not Mm -hmm. turned off. And now we're still watching him as he's having this conversation with Vita. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I got to write that time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one hey, out of six. Hey, yeah, I know, I know, I'm fucking telling you. And Vita kind of starts gaslighting his character and we start to get the first little instances of what he did wrong, mm-hmm. like why Brianna is gone. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, she starts talking about like, she just couldn't be one of your experiments. Like that's where everything fucking hit the fan was because of what you were doing sure. to her. And like, you kind of get that internalized guilt but also that's part of what a lot of the embodiments that we've seen in modern day of hell is it's this own it's its own cyclical idea of your own guilt and how that perpetuates itself so we even as ourselves start asking is he in hell right like is this actually mm-hmm. part of his uh, tribulation. Is mm-hmm. this something that is being forced on him?
1: Because in many ways, leaving with, living with guilt is the yeah. same, you know.
0: And that's so, why I yeah. love stories like this. Right. I, I yes. absolutely uh-huh. love shit like uh-huh. this. Cerebral, <laughs> cerebral. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of cut to uh, him in the library, right? Mm-hmm. And now he's talking to, uh, what's her name? Once again, the, mm-hmm. the nurse that's kind of been floating around this story. I so do far. think
1: we skipped it a little bit because at this point in my notes, he's he's talking to satan he's having another conversation with satan and satan uses a direct quote from that instance from the day prior
0: that's okay you know what i mean yeah yeah
1: and basically like what had happened was uh dr adams had talked to the nurse and asked do you believe in god do you believe in satan all that shit and he got a really nice quote that he was going to use sort of his leverage to get Satan, quote unquote, to talk a little bit more and go a little more, into and that. then
0: we see between the bookcases, right, right next to them, is him reading a yeah. book. <laughs> so it was just
1: one of those instances of him. Less, it's kind of an inconsequential scene, but all that it leads up to is just that he's always watching, and he has this quote in his back pocket. So it he is uses the second that. instance again, it though, yeah. of us mm-hmm. being
0: like he is ever present. Whether that no matter what gravity that is of him being able to mm-hmm. use that.
1: And so and- now we're in the office. Doctor Adams' office is Adams is there and er uh uh, Satan is there talking to Dr. Adams and he uses the quote, which kind of catches the doctor off guard. And now the power struggle has shifted again. Satan mm-hmm. has the leverage and that kind of thing. So he starts remarking on the pictures of his family at his desk and everything. Mm-hmm. You and
0: know. he's like, oh, man, what a lonely wife and darling child. And he right. goes, what did you just say? Yeah. <laughs> I said lovely wife and darling child. It's like, no, you said lonely. No, like, I no, I didn't. didn't. <laughs> shut up. (laughs) And then he says it a third time, Mm -hmm. and, like, Dr. Adams kind of, like, bucks up at him. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, just calm down. I'm Mm -hmm. just fucking with you. (laughs)
1: Let's take a break. Let's go to the commissary. Let's get something refreshing to drink. And as
0: the manipulator, he is taking uh control of the situation. Not only
1: is he taking him out of his space of power, he's going to a very neutral location again Mm. where other people can perceive anything sketchy that happens. So it's very strategic. Again, the way that it was written was very well done. Yeah, it was very slick. It was very smooth. Smooth
0: Smooth criminal. (laughs) So we go down to the commissary and uh you know we have like a waitress Mm -hmm. i guess (laughs)
1: lupa
0: yeah lupa (laughs) lupa fiasco Uh, and she's wearing this like diner style button down that maybe has like three buttons from the base Mm -hmm. done and she's just like leaning over the Uh table for five minutes she's
1: feeling satan alive oh
0: yeah (laughs) And he's just like, ooh. Yeah. Ooh.
1: He orders his drink in Spanish and everything. Silver tongue devil. He really just ordered coffee.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know, like, enough Spanish to know that he really just ordered coffee Mm -hmm. and called her hot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which I think Mm -hmm. was the extent Mm
1: -hmm. that he knew. Hot like you or something like that. See, Yeah.
0: (laughs) Quiero su coffee. (laughs) It was, was,
1: again, I hate it when heterosexual people flirt, but... (laughs) tasting
0: so uh you know they're sitting there conversing for a minute and they're kind of like setting more boundaries right Mm -hmm. where even though it's a neutral space he's just like you cannot talk about my wife yeah you cannot talk about my child you cannot talk about my personal life this is not fucking okay and he's just like oh calm down i'm just trying to get a better perception of you he's Mm -hmm. like you're not trying to perceive me Mm -hmm. i'm trying to perceive you this isn't how that works yeah he's like well who's the
1: therapist therapist
0: (laughs) Yeah. who who therapizes the therapist <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck i've been therapized not again so like yeah you know, they, they kind of just continue the conversation and then we gotta get this call so they well they get their drinks yeah so that power mm-hmm. move has been established mm-hmm. right and they're just kind of sitting there sipping for a minute and now we find out that the shit has hit the fan with Cheryl, yeah. right? We get a call. He's like, "I have to go." I got he's a nine one one. Yeah, no, somebody called nine one one. So, so you know, he bolts, and he's just like, "Okay, I'll see you later. Mm-hmm.
1: Bye, Satan. My Hope dude. you find your."
0: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Satan. Hope you find your dad. <laughs> this was a great episode to do for Father's Day week. Of <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he gets up there, and. First of all, these guys now have ca- the like uh, mm-hmm. the security people or whatever. I don't know yeah. what your label is for people that work at these wards, but like we'll say security. Yeah, so they're sitting there just tasing mm-hmm. Cheryl Cheryl's on the ground. Got a room. fucking mop, and yeah. she's like, how did, she, "How did she get a mop? <laughs> Why was there a mop in her room? You know what I mean? Like she killed the cleaning yeah. lady <laughs> <You know, like, laughs> for touching her turtle." Right. Get me back my turtle. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you hear Dr. Adams yesterday addressing the entire ward? You guys should have fucking known this already. <laughs> so, uh, you know, she's just going fuck wild, and Dr. Adams gets up there. He's like, "Everybody, get the fuck out! Mm-hmm. I don't care who the fuck you are. Everybody, get the fuck out!" Mm-hmm. And finally they back off, but it's so funny because like in the background, like the security guards are trying to get through all of the ward patients Mm -hmm. and they're like obviously trying to see in, but they're not really because they've got so much of their own shit going on. And they're just like reaching over and a reach around, if you will, to get like the cattle prod. Imagine like a
1: phalanx of nurses and then the security (laughs) guards behind them, like wielding the weapons just in case somebody gets too close. You know what I mean? So Dr. Adams has the idea to announce to everyone,
0: I'm taking her off her medication right now. Somebody get me a blood kit. And Dr. Delazzo shows up and he's just like, wait a minute. And he, like, I guess, like, Dr. Lazo is trying to get validation from the nurse. It yeah. was just like, so Dr. Adams here would like to take her off of her medication. Mm-hmm. Um, would you like to go get him a blood kit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so she comes back, and I guess he took out the blood that had her medication in it. Yeah,
1: because he, I, again, I don't know how this shit works, man. But
0: it's it's actually 1700s medication. You have too much blood in your body. We're going to drain
1: you until you feel better or die. <laughs>
0: 10 10 out of 9 times, it Mm -hmm. works. That's
1: right. (laughs) You achieve the results. I mean, whatever, man.
0: And I'm not good at math, but I know what I said there. (laughs) (laughs) So then we have like this kind of perpetuated scene where, you know, she kind of freaks out still for a while over like a few hours. is that the one where she freaks out over a couple hours? That
1: was, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
0: yeah so she's still, um, like, she's slapping at Dr. Adams. She's still, like, she's going buck-fucking-wild. Mm-hmm. And eventually, he's just, like, cuddling her on her bed, which was really fucking uncomfortable mm-hmm. for me he to watch. gives her
1: the dolphin from the beginning of the movie that belonged mm-hmm. to Brianna.
0: Mm-hmm. Brianna.
1: And it was just like, God damn it. <laughs> Cause the cuddling is not hyperbolic either. I mean he was kind of petting her and rubbing his hand yeah. against her face. I don't know that it was meant to be sexual, but it came off as a very like
0: it, it came off that way because they have no direct connection, but we do start to get that mm-hmm. he is projecting what has happened mm-hmm. to Brianna on, on to Cheryl. Burn. Yeah. hundred
1: yeah. mm-hmm. um, percent. The only other point of note um that happens is Mr. Brennan died at this point.
0: Oh yeah, um, but cardi- that's not a cardiac. kill.
1: It's not a kill because it was of natural causes or yeah. Satan. <laughs> so,
0: Satan. <laughs> we're still technically at zero. Yeah, we're still technically at a zero kill count. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we cut to like this really nonsensical scene of uh them in the bathroom, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and Satan walks up where like
0: He bath- walks out of the corner
1: yeah, too. He yeah. doesn't walk through
0: uh-huh. the door. He walks uh-huh. out of the corner.
1: Imagine like Liza Minnelli meets Backstreet Boys.
0: <laughs> With the mesh top. Yeah,
1: that's what Satan was wearing to the bathroom.
0: <laughs> and he pulls up his leather skirt mm-hmm. to pee. Yeah, Dr. Adams goes, man, if you were any closer to that, you'd take a shower. He's mm-hmm. like, don't worry, doctor. I'm not going to pee on you mm-hmm. unless that's what you're into. And I'm thinking to myself, where's the yeah. R. Kelly joke and, in this prominently black movie? <laughs> and Yeah. And like
1: Dr. Adams is actually staring at his cock. And he's like, time. he's like, and he's like, uh, kind of makes like a little nodding motion and Satan goes, yeah, when they were handing these out, I was first in line. And he's like, well, you might want to go back for seconds.
0: I think he was going back for yeah, seconds that be, at yeah, that yeah, point. It was so Looks look down fun. again.
1: Yeah. And he's Holy still shit. comparing.
0: Yeah, I was like, what the, it, what the fuck? Again, it
1: felt weirdly out of place because it didn't accomplish anything. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that meant nothing. We were talking about the runtime of this movie being a little bit unnecessarily long. This is one of those scenes that I could have done without. Yeah. Maybe it was comic relief. I don't really it know. It would
0: have been great yeah. deleted scene content. It
1: would have. And so he says, Satan says that he's got a meeting with Delazzo, which is mm-hmm. weird because that shouldn't be... Again, we don't... That's not his doctor. I right don't... Day. Right. I don't understand the, like the tear of how (laughs) who's in charge of who and what and that kind of thing doesn't make a whole lot of sense so now we have a a little bit of Satan I guess this is the point of the scene is Satan is maybe driving a little bit of a wedge between Delazzo and Adams that has already you know been started creating more tension So
0: well so now we cut to him actually going through Satan's stuff Mm -hmm. in his room right Yeah, and this also just felt like a scene that you could have just cut out Quite Mm -hmm. frankly, because instead of so uh, Satan was not invited to this picnic that they're going to have off campus. And apparently DeLazzo was like, oh, well, you're invited now. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they have like this quip and fucking banter between themselves in his room. But ultimately, the whole point of that story is he's going to be going on this picnic now where the picnic was actually the gravity of what was kind of happening in Mm -hmm. our perception. Right. Yeah. Uh, so You know We cut to Actually the dancing scene Jesus I was Christ. gonna
1: say Cause there was a party These Before three the party These
0: scenes Made no fucking sense It was fucking sense.
1: weird It was just fucking weird Satan Is in the commissary And they're What were they playing yeah.
0: Uh, it was some sort of, like, 70s style. <them> right. uh-huh.
1: With all of the other patients. And, and everybody's you know dancing I mean? and having fun. Yeah, and that kind of thing. And again, maybe we get more context for that in the next scene. Because now it's picnic day. Again, we just sort right. of jump over the fact that Satan had a dance party in the commissary with everyone. But it's just like, okay. <laughs> picnic day. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs>
0: So everybody gets off the bus And this is actually a very Ironically this is a quick scene mm-hmm. Because uh, we get off the bus You know everybody's Kind of conversing and shit And doing their mm-hmm. mentally ill thing In the middle of this park And uh, Dr. Adams starts talking to somebody And Satan kind of walks up to him And goes No you need to be paying attention to me bitch mm-hmm. And like right now The camera is on both of them mm-hmm. And there's this gorgeous scene Where he just Where Dr. Adams just goes Fuck you. Mm-hmm. And because he brought up his family yeah. again.
1: He won't and, stop pressing about the family.
0: And yeah. he turns around yeah. and Satan like stands up on the table he's like, Hey! Hey! Mm-hmm.
1: Hey!
0: Don't you turn your back on me, you arrogant motherfucker!
1: It was so fucking brutal. It was so brutal. And, he goes, Do you wanna what's he say? It's something to the effect of like, um,
0: how's it feel being the devil's bitch? Watch this shit. <laughs> Chaos! <laughs> Chaos Chaos As if there wasn't before. Right. But then he has this...
1: We're at a park with 40 psychiatric patients (laughs) all suffering from something that requires them to be under supervision at all times. There are two security guards and two nurses.
0: And then we have have this crazy flex from Satan where he jumps off the table because now Mm -hmm. all the chaos is happening to the point where like... One of the medics gets stabbed. The other one, like, runs face first into a tree. Yeah. Like, they're showing us these little snippets of it.
1: Actual chaos breaking out per his control. Yeah. And he even, like, summons a dude to come up off the bus and tells him to get back on the bus or well, something. Well, he was
0: like, do you want me to stop one of your patient's hearts right, right now if uh-huh. I need to? And he just, like, points his finger. Right. And dude walks up. Uh-huh. And he's just like, I will fucking do it. Right. <laughs> I will pull the trigger. And now you kind of, like, again, mm-hmm. the fact that he had control over something that he wasn't even like. You got to know who the fuck I am. Yeah. Know, and yeah. this is where we're really like, is he actually Satan? Right, like, is yeah. he actually just pulling all the strings mm-hmm. right now? And I don't know if that's particularly a breaking point for mm-hmm. uh, for Dr. Adams. But it all—it's he hasn't snapped yet. He hasn't cracked. Mm-hmm. But it starts to become a point of acceptance that this is possible.
1: Yeah. In his world. And so he breaks protocol once again. When I say he, I mean Dr. Adams. And goes and has Satan's fingerprints like yeah. work done. Hella at, illegal. Yeah.
0: Hella illegal being your doctor.
1: <laughs> so I try to catch all of them. <laughs> his index finger is the fingerprint of Don uh, John Dillinger, middle finger is Salvador Dolly. I think they said his ring fingers are Millian Vanilli. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. And his pinky is uh, belong to a uh, grand wizard in the KKK from Mississippi. <laughs> so that was fucking weird. Again, more just nonsensical bullshit. Cause yeah. now we get, but another... at least
0: I enjoyed that. Scene, yeah. That was okay, just, that was de- just funny.
1: And now we're in like this garden, I guess we're back on the premises of the hospital and everything. Mm-hmm. And the two doctors, uh, Delazo and Adams are walking and they're kind of having that moment of like, Oh, that was fucking weird yesterday. Wasn't it? You know, <laughs> well, happy to get it won't happen again. No big deal.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it was just one of those things where we finally find out in this scene that he couldn't fix Brianna. Yeah. We find out that, well, it's a very short, like, she jumped. So we Mm -hmm. find out that his seven-year-old daughter killed herself because, and it's actually the conversation that he's having with his uh, delusion of Mm -hmm. uh, Vita Mm -hmm. being there and saying, like, you tried all your bullshit methods on our child when mm. all she needed was fucking medication because she was a juvenile schizophrenic. You knew what the right thing to do was and you let
1: your ego make this decision for you. Now our daughter has killed herself. And apparently Veda is dead too, which is something that I just kind of thought like maybe yeah. he was imagining her being there or whatever, but it will be I think
0: it. I think it could be still part of the cyclical guilt because sure. there's no real way for mm-hmm. us to know because that's the only confirmation we got was that his daughter killed
1: herself. And I'm just kind of referencing back to that part where Satan was in his office and he calls his wife the lonely wife, which yeah. means that she's don't know yeah, yeah. That's right? what I do. So, yeah. Too. So yeah. Anyway, it, we get more, more of a light shed on what's going on inside Adam's head. And in fact, the camera crew is watching this interaction happen. Mm-hmm. He's talking to himself, man. I mean, he's yeah. like, this isn't something that happened is happening in his head. He is acting this out. The words are coming out of his mouth to nobody, you know?
0: Yeah. And then like, we kind of cut to this very quick gym scene where he's working out with like 25 pound, dumbbells like you know on either side or whatever the fuck Uh and he starts getting gaslit about his family because they obviously overheard the audio of what was happening he's like you know people are going to be really intrigued about this and he has like this total fucking meltdown Mm -hmm. he's like you know dr delazo and i both have fucking domain over what you guys are allowed to and not allowed to print and fuck you guys you won't be able to get a job as a janitor in nyf (laughs) film school we're like, who the fuck are you, yeah. dude? Like why do you
1: have power over that? <laughs> you don't even do film.
0: Um, so now we've got to the point where he is officially cracked. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's gotten to the it's gotten so bad that he has uh, you know, this breakdown over Cheryl, mm-hmm. right? And we kind of find out that she is going to go back on her meds. Like Delazzo mm-hmm. is cracked down on him. He's like, This is not gonna be a thing mm-hmm. anymore. And now we kind of see her him. Uh, shoving crushed up aspirin into her fucking pill capsules uh, and I'm right. just like this dude is so arrogant mm-hmm. that he is convinced that he has the right to fucking do this to someone else's body
1: yeah he believes in his own damn legend so much that he can't actually you know make logical choices and right. rational
0: decisions So now he kind of wakes up in the middle of the night, right, in his Mm. tidy whities and sweating after he's (laughs) cracked. And he goes downstairs to the rest of the ward because I guess he fucking – he's following uh, Brianna, right? Yeah. And he goes downstairs and he walks by Satan's room. And Satan is, first of all, ordering takeout with Lupa. Right. And playing a rousing game of checkers. So. So he's like, oh, my God, am I actually watching this right, right now? Like, he lingers
1: for a minute, too, and like kind of blinks. And, you, know. <laughs> well, you
0: find out later, too, that they were locking eyes during yeah. it, <laughs> too. Right. She, she was like, oh, you like to watch, uh-huh. right? So uh, then he runs into the nurse, and the nurse is like, okay, right. Mr. Tiny yeah. Whitey. Good night. Like, Good <laughs> night. <laughs> and uh, so now he kind of follows uh, Lupa out mm-hmm. of the building and follows her to this club. Uh, Pays the bouncer like 50 bucks to let him in and he goes in and starts having flashes of uh, Veda Veda, dancing dancing with all these dudes Mm -hmm. that are wearing collars like it's a very it's almost like a sexual underground Mm -hmm. that they're like dancing in right yeah and uh then there's this very brief conversation where lupa and uh dr adams kind of have like oh he fucks the shit out of me my mind body and soul my soul yeah he gets me in my soul Uh so you know they're after uh she's explaining how many games of checkers they have played at this point Mm -hmm. and which was every night yeah which was every (laughs) night since she met him And, uh, then she kind of, he finds out that, you know, there's this woman that, uh, he does go to see every Mm -hmm. now and then. And then he's like, cool, goes to her house. Turns out that is Satan's mom, Mom. right? Mm -hmm. At least what we perceive to be Mm -hmm. Satan's mom. And then we cut back to, it's, it's almost immediate. If it feels like we're rushing through this, it's because these scenes are literally just like, Mm -hmm. and we just wakes up in front of a church in his car. Yeah. You know what I mean? The police start yeah. driving up, and mm-hmm. he's just like, Get out of the way. I'm a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we go up to, uh, t- before you get to the top level, the cops are trying to stop him. Dr. Delazzo uh-huh. is like, Cheryl is up there? You have fucked up all of this shit? Yeah. Is she still on her meds? Uh-huh. And he goes, Oh, no, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Of course she's on her meds.
0: You uh-huh. know. <laughs> <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs> so uh, Dr. Adams is kind of like, throws a cop out of the mm-hmm. way and climbs up the staircase to the top of the roof and just latches it closed. And then we have this really like, first of all, that motherfucker would have been shot on site. Right. Trying to 100%. get up that bitch. Yeah. Uh, so he goes up and he sees Cheryl and we kind of get this really deep projection now mm-hmm. that he is, projecting the fact mm-hmm. that he could not save Brianna. Yeah. Now that we have the information
1: her. that Brianna jumped, this is literally the one thing that's finally triggers him and gets his brain, you know, mm-hmm. actually acting with compassion outside of his own ego. Because Satan is up here too. Yeah. And not only is Satan goading her to jump, but he's also telling, you know, Adams that like, yeah. you know, this is you, man. This is you falling you, for your own shit again. You yeah. Know what
0: I mean? You have like, created like, this yeah, cycle yeah. that uh-huh. you are not breaking. Yeah. And of course, you know, we can get into all the dialogue, but ultimately it's just him trying to polarize Cheryl. But if you take it from the aspect that there is something more magical Mm -hmm. about this, there is something more dark Mm -hmm. forces that are at play here, she was going to jump the entire time, no no matter matter what what anybody Mm -hmm. said. There's actually a point where, you know, he just goes, boom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's going to scare her He kind of turns
1: and looks at the doctor and is like, Haha, no, no, no I don't. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, so Cheryl jumps off for Four. kill number one.
1: Via kill. suicide.
0: Kill number fucking one. Maybe suicide.
1: Mm-hmm. We don't know.
0: Technically.
1: Is she even dead? Well, was she even real?
0: <laughs> but technically it is a kill because she was not on her medication. Because he was filling Ah. her meds with aspirin. Ah. So did Dr. Adams kill Mm -hmm. her inherently? Mm -hmm.
1: Because he's already kept somebody off he cares about from taking their medication. And they jump too. There it is. Very nice. Very nice. (laughs)
0: Oh, fuck.
1: (laughs) So Dr. Adams at this point, just, he's gone.
0: He's emotionally
1: distraught. He's wrecked. His nerves are fried. Everything sucks, right? right? So he just like goes back into his office and he's trying to piece the frame the, together, the glass and everything on his desk, trying to just make something make sense in his world. Satan is in the office and he just kind out out of walks the, the, out of the darkness, the dark corner <laughs> again. And so th- Dr. Adams has had enough. Mm-hmm. And so he grabs Satan, throws him up against the wall. They tussle a little bit, flips him back down on his desk and starts choking the shit out of Satan. And it's like, I know who you are. I talked to your mom, William. Bitch. You know, you know I mean? you're not sitting he's like, Please let
0: me go. I have to get out of here. I know who I am. Yeah.
1: And it turns out that this is a guy suffering from PTSD. Mm-hmm. You know, and this was Aren't all a dream. All... It know? was all a dream.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love when the audience sings it back to uh-huh. us. I
1: know, right? I can almost hear it. Both all of them. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, now we, I mean, we find, we kind of cut to this scene now where obviously they cut the, the documentary short because someone killed themselves mm-hmm. and obviously your shit doesn't mm-hmm. work.
1: We're not now under a police investigation. So fewer cameras would be cool. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. So, uh, with, uh, William Barnett, uh-huh. who is the, uh, the person who has been playing Satan this entire mm-hmm. time. She, he's now be, about to be visited by his mother. hmm And it's really funny because there was a conversation between uh, Delazzo and him. He's like, do you really think he needs to have that much fucking Prozac and be in a straight jacket all the time? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) He's beyond therapy at this point, which I guess is part of like the growth of the character. He now is acknowledging that some people, you just have to give them medication. You just have to treat the symptoms. You can't treat the problem.
0: right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. So. Uh, now the mother comes in, and there's this really weird instance where she goes to hand him the apples because mm-hmm. uh, he, Satan, said, yeah, <laughs> Satan has loved those since the Garden of Eden, yep. and she goes to hand him the apples, and she goes, "Oh, I'm not going to go visit him. Will you just mm-hmm. give them to him?" Right. And there's this crazy scene where that was crazy as hell, mm-hmm. right? And he. <laughs>
1: I, he opens the door and, like, we see Satan in the straight jacket on the chair bang and banging his head against like, the wall. You hear, like, Woody Woodpecker noises and he just kind of closes the door back. And, like, everyone starts running down the hallway, right? Yeah.
0: Well, first we turn around and the mother, like, pulls her wig off.
1: For whatever for reason. For whatever yeah. fucking reason. <laughs> like it was like, Android I was bald the whole time. <laughs> right.
0: And then he turns back around, he walks back into the room, and the Stray on the ground, the mm-hmm. apples are everywhere, and he turns around, and Satan's, like, standing in the mother's outfit. Yeah. In, like, this corridor, mm-hmm. and they start trailblazing down the fucking mm-hmm. corridor, and we're just like, get that motherfucker! Right.
1: <laughs> and Dr. Adams trips, and mm-hmm. he lands on the tile floor of the bedroom from the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, this is fucking weird. And we're and already that, like, there, now we're like, okay, fuck he, Yeah, he's... <laughs> and now we find out where
0: the blood's been coming right. from this whole time. Because it was him.
1: Mm-hmm. It was his blood because it comes around the other side of the bed and he sees his body laying there, throat cut, knife in hand. We have a flashback to that sequence where he's mm-hmm. originally talking to Dr. DeLazzo and he says, I know you would rather kill yourself than admit you were wrong about something. Mm-hmm. So, holy shit, he totally did.
0: And this right? is where the movie actually gets its title from mm-hmm. right is because there's so much based in perception mm-hmm. of what is actually happening mm-hmm. now. It's because first of all, did he actually mm-hmm. kill himself? Right. Or is this part of his perception of psychosis? Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually walks into a room following that, that mm-hmm. has it's the, actually it's a darker version of the room that Dr. Mm-hmm. Delazzo has. It's actually mm-hmm. his room and you see his section of psychosis and neuroses mm-hmm. Um, that he starts reading into, he turns around, and mm-hmm. everybody that has been in this movie is like gorged, and eyes are cut like out, distorted, all, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, um,
1: including the film crew. Even the devil yeah. is white now. Yeah, right. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> He's an old white guy,
1: hundred percent.
0: Which I get the white devil. I'm here. I, I'm here for that part of the story. <laughs> and you know, he starts saying like, "Oh, there's no reason I should be here. I'm a good man. I'm a good man." And everybody and mm-hmm. Satan's like, then why are you here? <laughs> yeah, right.
1: A fair question.
0: But again, what polarizes this movie about perception is as it starts panning out, you're on film mm-hmm. still. So it's like, are we supposed to perceive that he is dead? Are we supposed to perceive that uh this was actually still part of the filming? Are we supposed to perceive that he and that any of this was real? Mm-hmm. Or is he been in this, or was he being documented for being crazy and being locked in the ward to begin right. with? Like, there's again, absolutely no. It's
1: like we touched on. <laughs> it's like we touched on the beginning. The fragility of sanity mm-hmm. is something that is really fun to explore because you effectively have free reign about how you want to approach this as a writer or a storyteller, director, producer, whatever. You know,
0: and I feel like they gave that to the audience, yeah. which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. Was what? What was your reality watching this mm-hmm. movie?
1: And again. Here's my chess point. <laughs> Nobody's opening moves playing white include moving both nights before you've moved a pawn. That's how I know that he was insane.
0: <laughs> Man, that's crazy as hell.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Perfect.
0: So yeah, the camera just kind of, or not even the camera, but we pan out on mm-hmm. not even just his screen, but there's another screen mm-hmm. too. We don't see the cast and crew behind that Mm -hmm. so i don't know what the perception was supposed to be because it just cuts to black after that yeah you know that movie was a lot man Mm -hmm. especially in the last bit i thought there was a lot of really cool shit to Mm -hmm. it but uh eric how would you rate this movie man i'm
1: gonna lean closer to the five and a half side of things Mm -hmm. i don't know that i can give it a six again because some of the the flaws of like we were talking about earlier like the low budget early 2000s movies that were really shot in the late 90s and that kind of thing there's Mm -hmm. an element of just less than that's going to be yeah. present from a writing standpoint, especially knowing that it's based off of a book mm-hmm. makes me believe that there's more to it than this or something mm-hmm. like that. And we got the very watered down version of it, which I still thought was excellent. Yeah. So, you know, concept story-wise, great acting at times is fantastic and that kind of thing, but just production value, pacing mm-hmm. directorial choices and things like that. You know what I mean? I just, I don't know.
0: I'm super inclined to agree with that yeah. one, man. Cause like, again, it's the, I thought the acting, personally, was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. For for the actors that were important to it. Not that there's actors that aren't important for anybody that got fucked up about that. But, like, (laughs) the story didn't follow all of you. It followed Mm -hmm. two people, ultimately, Mm -hmm. throughout this movie. And I think that... I was
1: generous mm -hmm. naming seven of (laughs) y'all (laughs) off.
0: They're like, I'm generous just fucking listening to this shit.
1: (laughs) And you're right. I'm sorry. sorry.
0: (laughs) Uh, So, I thought LaSalle was... Absolutely amazing, um, acting wise. There were a handful of shots that I didn't really agree with mm. and didn't really make a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple that were really good, like when they have their last encounter in the office, mm-hmm. and it's like actually shot from a bottom angle, and mm-hmm. then he comes out of the corner of the shot mm-hmm. in the darkness. The
1: dominance that, that yeah, yeah, I thought
0: like that. that was yeah. really mm-hmm. fucking cool. Um, I thought the plot was so strong. Again, I'm super biased to shit like this because yeah. I love that part of the mythos and it played so hard mm-hmm. with uh, what our perception was supposed to be. And I think that's what these psychological movies are supposed to do. So on that part, they really came through. I feel
1: like they executed that
0: well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there was... I know everyone's like, why didn't you put everything that was in the book in the movie? And it's like, because mm-hmm. even just watching this, there was so much shit that I was like, th- there were three scenes that we mm-hmm. went through because we were like, we don't even need to be here.
1: The only reason I know this is because it was on the statistics that I read, but the book itself is 496 pages long. <laughs> so it, again, oh <laughs> it, like it's one of those, I just don't know. Maybe that, like I said, maybe there's more to it. I, maybe.
0: Yeah, maybe well, not. Th- There probably is I'm sure there's more to the story, but I felt like the way that they could have condensed this mm-hmm. would have just been executed better mm-hmm. if they were like these were the key points. Mm-hmm. You know? Um especially because it needs to be a ninety minute movie. This was
1: also before the concept of mini series was popular and things That's like true. that. You couldn't take a five hour story and tell it over the course of a
0: month, you know what I mean? Right. So it's just what are you talking about? The stand was a thing.
1: Ah, oh, you're right. <laughs>
0: The stand was a thing twice at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen King, if you're listening, I love you. But <laughs> Stephen
1: King, if you're listening, I'm done. That's all the validation I needed.
0: Um, no, I thought I, I I I wanted to give this movie a better score. Mm-hmm. I really did, but it felt like even just the camera quality that they yeah. had was better in Final Destination.
1: Well, and again, I think it's okay conceptually to like something that is objectively flawed.
0: Sure, you know absolutely. I, mean, so I think the movie is absolutely yeah. fun. And guys, yeah. when we give these scores out, and I was explaining it to somebody yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, when we score a movie, first of all, it's based on the horror scale. It right. is not, and actually, mm-hmm. it's based on horror and the grandiose mm-hmm. movie scale yeah. in general.
1: If we're throwing sevens out, this is an excellent movie, and you should watch it because what I can com- a ten is like Godfather Two. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right, it's like we're exactly. not giving it a 10. There is no horror movie in existence that can touch Godfather 2 in terms of film quality.
0: For some you reason, our I mean? social media person thinks that some can be nice. <laughs> and it makes me think I need new mics to clean them. But <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: exercise that demon later. I will fucking
0: yeah. conjure the shit out of that. But, <laughs> uh, Eric, do you have any final thoughts about this movie?
1: I, I don't think so. I think we got it. Somebody please play me in chess. (laughs) I'm lonely.
0: Hey there, lonely girl. (laughs) Open up your heart. Never mind. Four seconds. (laughs) (laughs) What I will say, again, just to kind of drive home the aspect of how we gauge these movies, is if we rate something, just watch it. Because, like, you know, I'll be the first person Mm -hmm. to say, fuck IMDb, fuck Rotten Tomatoes. This is
1: our opinion, man. You know what I mean? And it's funny to me that people put reviewers on a pedestal to the point that they would take this person's word for it over their own opinion about something. Yeah, That's so weird to me that you don't trust your own sense of what you may like or dislike, Mm -hmm. but you'll take a perfect stranger's word for it. That feels strange. Like, that just, that doesn't track for me.
0: And also, like... I don't want to say that this, like, stuff like Get Out and Us and, you know, the Jordan Peele series, I'm not saying that that wouldn't have happened without this movie, Mm -hmm. but as far as, like, African-American directorial uh, movies, into into horror specifically, this kind of trailblazed a little Mm -hmm. bit, and that's really fucking cool, and that in and of itself is already a reason to watch it, Mm -hmm. and, like... I don't know, for me it's one of those things I really enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. Score or not, I just have to be objective about mm-hmm. it, you know? Where subjectively I fucking love this movie. Yeah. Um, and I've felt if you like psychological thrillers, sure. watch this. Yeah. It's free on Amazon Prime uh-huh. with fucking ads. Like yeah. <laughs> what's not to love about mm-hmm. it? Also, guys, please subscribe to our Patreon if you would like any exclusive episodes or exclusive in, uh, interview material, as well as uh, merchandise discounts and a lot of other fun stuff that we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got a lot of things in the works right now. So if you want to check us out at Patreon slash Uh well, I'm your host, John, joined by my beautiful host, Eric. Thank you for joining us one more week on under the floorboards where it creaks and cracks and we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night.